to Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 2. I, Jedi Search. The book, I, Jedi, by Michael Stackpole. The year, 1998. Chapters 4 through 7. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Welcome back to Expounded Universe, where I am your host, Jeff, joined as always by the other host, John. Who's making very direct and normal eye contact. Thank you. Last time you were like staring at my computer. I was sure something was wrong with the computer, which is behind me. You were you were setting me off. Yeah. I was just staring off behind you. Yeah. I was at, like, what at is At the this? monster that was going to get you. I would prefer that to knowing that there was something wrong with the podcast and you just weren't telling me. Oh, yeah. If there's one <laughs> thing I love, it's to sabotage my own podcast. <laughs> yeah. I assume you do like to sabotage movie mastery. <laughs> All the time. Evinced by how much you try to like sabotaging my podcast. This one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my podcast. You're here by my my allowance. <laughs> Permissions I... have been granted and they can be taken away. <laughs> I brought you into this podcast and I can take you out of it. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. So uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, my good friend. <laughs> my pleasure. It's important for me to get a baseline of how you're doing so that I can react accordingly. And I can't just pick it up from verbal cues and so on because that's what regular people do. Exactly. Yeah. I need to ask. You gotta ask. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. The Super Bowl is happening as we speak. Yes, that's right now. This. Yeah. The Bengals. The Bengals. The, the Rams. Bengals. And the Rams, right? That's who it is? Yeah, Bengals and the Rams. Yeah, it's the animal fight. Yeah. That's the big animal fight in whatever city it's happening in. That sure is true. <laughs> and I'm not doing that thing where I dismissively set aside the entirety of sports. And You're not going to hear me call it sports ball or something like that. I kind of like watching football. No, I, if I was invited to a, uh, yeah. a Super Bowl party, I would be there. That's exactly right. This. Yeah. I would not spend the 50 or so bucks it would cost for me to turn my TV into a, a Super Bowl machine for myself. No. So, And since I wasn't invited to a party, we're just getting some work done. Yeah, since we don't have any friends. We, no friends who want to watch the Super Bowl. No. And even then, I'm probably pretty sure that's not true. I bet we have lots of friends who are watching it right now, but they are being very safe and quarantining. Yeah. And watching it with their households. Indeed. So... Just want to give you some uh, some updates on why we're recording, when we're recording, which, why would you care when we record these? Yeah. Would Here you? we are in 2019 during the Super Bowl, which <laughs> recording was this. probably Bengals-Rams. You don't remember. <laughs> no one remembers, unless you're some kind of nerd about it. <laughs> some kind of nerd. Some kind of sports nerd. Uh, the worst kind. Except we always need one. We need one sports nerd friend for trivia night. You always got to have one sports nerd friend, because yeah. as soon as they bring up the sports category, and everyone at trivia night goes, oh. Hey, we've been doing really, every time you and I have gone to trivia night, that sports category has been in our favor, because they keep asking, like, Weird questions. Weird weird niche questions that I'm like, oh, you know what's odd? I recently read about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's never like, oh, who's got the most RBIs or something on in 1986, which team had the most score points or something? Where the kind of shit that, you know, real sports fans actually just memorize. Yeah. Uh, it, it, instead, it's always shit like, what sport awards the World Cup? And I'm like, fuck yes, I know that. That's sailing. I know that because of airplane stuff. <laughs> I circled back around on this yeah. from other more relevant interests. Because <laughs> there's only a couple airplanes that can carry the World Cup boats. <laughs> These cup boats. Yeah. So I know those airplanes, so I know about the World Cup. Nice. I love that kind of shit. And that time that World of Sports question was about fucking Pac-Man was, uh, I think, our greatest achievement. Or was that, were you not there that night? No, I was there. Okay. I couldn't remember who I went with. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But the, the sports category question was name the four ghosts that, that haunt Pac-Man. And we were like, oh, fuck yes. Uh, oh, uh, Jacob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. Go ahead. Boy, what night is this? <laughs> Why does Pac-Man night? <laughs> Why does trivia night, sir? Did you give yourself a terrible team name? Of course. <laughs> of course we did. The Magic Sex Blokes, which the lady happily changed to the Magical Sex Blocks yeah. for us. Thanks. <laughs> it makes more sense to me. 
Uh, people don't know what a bloke is here in the good old U.S. of A. <sighs> anyway, by the way, that was outdoor trivia we went to. Fuck yes. Being safe. Always. Always being safe. I'm wearing two condoms to do the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just I'm wearing the same two condoms. <laughs> it's snug, but it's important for sa- <laughs> But safety first. Safety first. That's what everyone says. <laughs> I Jedi. I Jedi. <laughs> uh, so this book has yet to kick into high gear. I'm going to go ahead and say that. This is another setup episode. We're doing four chapters this week, and all four of them are just Cornhorn goes somewhere. He meets with a person from Star Wars history. They tell him he's great. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then he goes on to the next fucking place. Now, here's the thing. While reading it, I was like, I don't feel like... I'm getting as much of that as I thought I would. That's fair. Because I, I mean, as much as I know nothing about Corn Horn, the only thing I know is everyone talking about how he's the most Marty Stewist character and he can do everything great and he, he can do no wrong. But I was like, you know, for the first three chapters, having him mostly just be like a sad wife guy. And then for these four chapters, he's just like, can anyone help me? And everyone's like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, except that every one of them does have a, you're a good man, Corrin Horn line. Well, like, the literally- man is like <laughs> crying in front of him. I would do that to a friend as well. Like, I, Oh, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Florence somewhere. I'd be like, it's okay, Jeff. You're a good man. You'll get through this. And I don't mean that. You're a bad person. You'll get through this. <laughs> You're a terrible asshole. It's okay. You're right. I will eventually write this off as a terrible asshole thing. <laughs> this is all because of my terrible asshole. <laughs> uh, so many things are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just do them in order. He starts by going to visit the one major X-Wing pilot guy that was not in the room in the last episode. Yep. Which means it's off to talk to General Wedge Antilles. And... Remember last episode when I mentioned that based on the age of the Jedi twins, that this should be taking place concurrently with Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy trilogy? Uh, it, it is. It, it Right away it is. You can tell because from the moment he gets to Wedge's office, Wedge is like, yeah, I've quit flying X-Wings and I've taken up like a civilian authority position. That's what he was doing at the start of that Jedi book. Yes. He was, he was in charge of that city-sized droid that was making more city. Indeed. And I was like, oh, neat. They have uh, they have the timing right on that. That's yeah. interesting. That's what he was doing around this time. It's almost like they planned it between Kevin J. Anderson and Michael Stackpole, which would not surprise me because those two were kind of big deal architects of this whole kind of storyline. Uh huh. So it wouldn't surprise. He's like, I'm going to be doing some interesting things with my characters. Yeah. What are you doing with the actual main characters? And he's like, Oh, my story is this. That said, I, mean, I think that the Jedi Academy trilogy predates this book by three or four years. So it might just be that he read the Jedi Academy. It was like, oh, I wanted to write something around that time period. I'll weave in details. Ooh, I'm a master of the story arts. Yeah. I know how to work around this stuff to get to where I need my story to go. Um, It's interesting because it does kind of put a time limit on what's going on with... There's a Luke chapter here where he's like, hey, come join my academy. And I'm like, Luke, you don't have time for that. You need to go to like that volcano planet and meet that dude who eats pill bugs. Yeah. And then you got to go to Bespin and meet that weird old guy. You got to meet the the bird guy. The bird guy and the volcano man. You don't have time to to train this old dude who is, for some reason, the exact same age as you. I mean, I I think when we see him on the cover here. Yeah, that's with him with his new makeup on. His, this, this that's epi- his new identity yes. that we will get to. Yes, we will. He's, he's going to get a brand new name. But anyway, he meets Wedge, and Wedge is like, oh, Cornhorn, my good friend, a good man, a man I'd like to, re- I respect, a Corsac man, a good upright soldier. What can I do for you? Well, yeah, because they, they came up together. They did. They came up together on the streets. Yeah, the mean streets. <laughs> I mean, they came up in the ranks together in the Rebellion, because they're from two different places. Co- yeah. Wedge is from some moon uh, that, that's like a backwater. And, some bullshit backwater. And, yeah. And uh, and Cornhorn is from Coruscant, where he served on the Coruscant Police Department. Yeah. Not Coruscant. He's from Corellia, Corellia, where he was on the Corellian Police Department. That's what the core in that is. Yes. Not Corellia. Cor- not Coruscant. Corellia. Not Coran. <laughs> yeah, I was on the Coran sector. <laughs> Doesn't stand for either of his two names, Corin or Corn. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, that's the thing, is I'm like, look, these guys flew together for 11 years, and he's like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. I, I think that the one that offended me a little more is is his uh, 
one-sided watching of his dad on video where his dad was like, son, no one else in the world could be a Jedi and a Corsac man at the same time, but you can because you're the best man there's ever been. Which again, it's dad. It's dad. dad. It's dad leaving a, a posthumous message. It's going to be a little florid. Yeah. It's fine. But anyway, he's like, hey, Wedge. Uh, first, they exchange a bunch of pleasantries about how Wedge is no longer flying an X-Wing and how he really ought to be flying an X-Wing. It's what he's good at. But Wedge is old and he's tired. He's like, look, I've I've been doing this for 11 years and I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. I don't need to. <laughs> I got nothing left to prove. Do you know how many raids I've flown in X-Wings? You know how many Death Stars I blew up? It's two, by the way. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> That's right. A plurality. I hold Death the record stars. for most blown up Death Stars as of this moment. I think that might change when it comes to um, uh, shortly after this book, because it, it, towards the end of the Jedi Academy trilogy, uh, there's a third Death Star and it falls into a black hole. And I think that Luke might be involved. Huh. Or Kip, I forget. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, right now he's like, I hold the world record for de- for Death Stars exploded. It's two. Luke got one. Han got one. Lando got one. I got two. <laughs> so I got nothing to prove, Lester. You fucks. I want to sit at a desk and drive a giant robot around the, the slums. I want. I want to tell a, a big robot to eat that building and mm-hmm. shit out a different building. <laughs> Eat that low-income housing. Shit out boutique restaurants. <laughs> I'm the worst. Go, gentrification bot, go. <laughs> More hip urban centers. <laughs> I need another brewery. No parking. The parking robot hates parking. <laughs> no parking, only shopping. <laughs> oh, I hate this robot now. <laughs> God damn you, Jeffification <laughs> Bot. Get out of here. Uh, more art stores that don't ever seem to sell anything. <laughs> what is this? A collection of art pieces and pianos? What store is this? Who is this for? How come there's a, st- a, a single rack of t-shirts and they're all like boss girl stuff? What is this store? Who comes here? <laughs> what do you have at the counter? Oh, just a the complete line of Burt's Bees products? I am so confused by this place. <laughs> Who is your clientele? What is the target audience here? Girl bosses with chapped lips <laughs> that need a piano and art pieces. Yeah, you more common than you'd think. Look, if you're a girl boss that needs a piano and a statue next to it, uh-huh. and you've got chapped lips, <laughs> come on down. You'll find 35 stores. Come on stores- down, but you'll need to take an Uber. There's no parking. <laughs> you'll find 35 stores just like it within walking distance. Thank you for choosing mine. Uh I have no idea what we're making fun of at this point. I guess I hip urban neighborhoods. Yeah. Fucking hip urban. <laughs> we, we become old enough to become the villains in that story. Instead of being like, oh, hell yeah, this has a pho place. <laughs> There's a pho place and a sandwich place in the same building. Both of us are just like, meh. <laughs> I remember when this used to all be poop. <laughs> yeah, this used to be the backs of factories. <laughs> ah, good old factory backs. <laughs> Good times, man. Anyway, we've made it all of about half of one page into the book. Oh, yeah. So Wedge is mostly just here for so that uh, Corrin does not follow through on his promise to open up like a petition to the the Coruscant government. Well, that's what he was going here for. He's like, all right, who's the only highly placed person that I'm actually on good terms with? Yeah. Wedge. All right. I'm going to start at Wedge and see if he can't get me the next step closer. Yeah, or if he can just solve this problem for me by himself, that'd be great. I don't really want to file a formal complaint. It would torpedo my career. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, maybe you can put me in touch with Leia, and then Leia can do something. Yeah, and Wedge is being very conciliatory. He's like, look, dude, I I would be in a terrible position myself if I... If I knew you would had lost your wife, or if I had lost my wife, uh, and then there's a little back and forth about how I, I guess Corin wants to set Wedge up with his old partner from back when he was a cop. Yes, a, a, a woman named Ayella who is currently in uh, New Republic intelligence. Yes, and he he is trying to match make Wedge up with this lady, and Wedge is like, yeah, we dated for a while, but then everything went to shit. And now I, yeah, I, I don't we really dated want- like six years ago for one date, and then. You know, Thrawn happened, and the yeah. Emperor reborn, and the Lusankia. And- yeah, so I don't really know how to go back and be like, so, uh, should we pick up where we left off? 
Where we left off was half of a spaghetti dinner. So, half of a spaghetti dinner. <laughs> I've saved it. It's in my conservator. <laughs> Please, join me in the conservatory. This is six-year-old spaghetti. <laughs> yes, but it's been in a stasis field. You'll find it as fresh as when we left it. <laughs> it wasn't fresh in the first place. Indeed. Hmm. That's how you know it works. Uh, we both come from the same moon of nasty food. <laughs> ah, the moon of nasty food. <laughs> we call it... Indiana. <laughs> Suck on that, Indiana. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> it's like very conciliatory. He's like, look, I understand your pain. You definitely want to find your wife and you should be doing everything in your power to do so. But let me ask you this. Do you think Leia is going to help you? Yeah, because Leia will not be inclined to break someone else's intelligence gathering operation uh, any more than they would be inclined to break it themselves. She let me, is, she let is, me ask you a real quick question. When you were in Corsac, if someone came up to you and tried to get you to give up where an undercover cop was currently, mm-hmm. would you tell them to go fuck themselves or no? Yeah. He's he, like, yes, uh, yes. But my wife, my wife. <laughs> and this is going to go back and forth for a little while. But luckily, it's interrupted by a breath of fresh Han. <laughs> yep. Han Solo, breezing his way in with a cavalier attitude, is like, hey, Wedge, you want to go join me? Uh, it's going to be this book that these guys have already read. <laughs> yeah, he's literally like, hey, who wants to go to uh, Kessel and fuck with Morth Duel? Huh? <laughs> that old frog son of a bitch. He's totally harmless and will definitely not lock me in mine prison. <laughs> That's right. He won't shoot us down or nothing. <laughs> Hey, Wedge, you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? But uh, he's just like, hey, Wedge, uh, drop your dumb thing where you have a super droid and come with me on a Kessel run. And Wedge is like, no, Han. Flush. (laughs) Uh, He's just not interested. No, he's like, look, my man, not only do I have a job here that's actually important that I want to do, but also, last time I was at Kessel... Uh, you know, during some Rogue Squadron book, I assume, Morith Duel and I did not leave on the best of terms. I can't imagine anyone leaves on good terms with that weird little frog. But, uh, well, yeah. But but anyway, he's like, no, I don't want to go over there. Plus, and he didn't even say this, but this is the obvious part. Han has recently retired from his generalship of the uh, Re- Rebel Alliance, so the yes. New Republic, uh, because he is going to uh, to Kessel as a civilian. He wants to go there specifically, not swinging around the mighty military dick of the New Republic, and instead kind of try and keep things placated between him and Morith Duel. You know, he wants to show up and be like, yeah. hey, I'm just a friendly guy. I used to be a smuggler. Now I got this whole new deal back home. We want to bring you into the fold. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't remember any of this, go back and listen to our episodes on mm-hmm. Jedi Search. Yeah. We did the whole book already. We did, and but it, it doesn't go well for Han. <laughs> Many t- things will happen. Spoiler alert, not good. Yeah. Uh, it goes even worse for Chewie, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that it's weird that he's inviting Wedge to go where Wedge is still an active general of the new Republic. Yeah. But Wedge is like, no, Han, I do not want to do that. And then noticing that Corrin's in the room, the two of them have a, a exchange of, no, you call, you don't call me, sir. I should call you, sir. I've heard you're quite the hero. I've heard the same about you. Plus, I've heard you got a real firecracker of a wife. Same to you there, pally bud. Hey, but I don't heard, you call me sir. I heard your dad was real cool. Yeah. Notably, Han is old enough, because he's a few years older than Luke, who is the exact same age as Corn Horn, uh, to have tangled with Horn's father, who was a big deal Corsac guy. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh, I, uh... I had to go join the Imperial Navy to get away from him trying to catch me. Yes, yeah. yeah. He was a, a significantly better cop than a Zenigata to Hans Lupin, and he was forced to to literally hide in the Imperial Navy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, hey, your dad run me out of a smuggling business early in my life, and he and Corrin Horn's like, hell yeah, he did. Fuck yeah. Because <laughs> Corsac for life, you Corellian smuggler. The two of us are opposites. Uh, but, you know... We're a lot more similar than you might think. Yeah, now don't call me sir again, Sonny Jim. Uh, but, you know, he's like, hey, would your wife be interested in helping me find my wife? And Han's like, nope. Probably de- not. Definitely not. If you ask her to mess with New Republic intel, she'll tell you to screw. But I tell you what. You want to go to Kessel? <laughs> I'll fucking do some shit for you. What do he's, I care? Yeah, he's like, oh, right. Your wife, because he's friends with Booster Tarek, Mirax Tarek's uh, father. Yes. So he's like, hey, does your does your uh, wife still fly around in a ship called the Pulsar Skate? Yeah, I can go ahead and try and pull some records. I've still got, you know, 
poll from when I was a general and also my wife is a big mucky muck. So yeah, plus I can just ask around my smuggler contacts to see if anyone's seen that smuggling ship in any smuggler zones. Well, you know, as soon as I'm done with my very quick and easy couple day journey to Kessel Back in 48 hours, I'll go ahead and try and find that for you. Yeah. And, and then he's, he's fucked along. Yes. And then he's like, well, good day to you, sir. Oh, also, uh, Luke's here. Oh, by the way, Luke's on planet. Maybe you should go ask him, because if you're having, like, weird visions about your wife, that's force shit. If you're and- having force problems, I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> uh, I have 99 problems, and my wife is 96 of them. Hmm. The other three are my children. <laughs> I'm a boomer dad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Wedge is like, oh, sweet, Luke's in town. I will come with you to meet Luke. Yeah. And so the two of them head off, and it's mostly just an excuse to get Wedge driving an airspeeder. Yeah. Because he's just like, I'm narrowly dodging between space trucks. I'm Woo! doing ridiculous, dumb bullshit. Yeah. So so uh, Horn can be like, you should really come back to X-Wings. Look at this shit. You're still an incredible pilot. And he's like, yeah, I don't, well, don't want to die. So He's like, yeah, I love flying. I don't love doing missions. <laughs> Look, I'm old. I did a shit ton of missions. Leave me be on that. Okay? Thank you. My dude. Mm-hmm. Nah. I said, I'll tell you the same thing I told J.J. Abrams the first time, but not the th- the second. Ah! When he showed up with the truck with full of money. <laughs> the truck full of money. Mm-hmm. So they head off to Luke's, and that's the next chapter. Yes, indeed. And what's going on with Luke? Why, Luke is living in some sort of dark cave apartment. It's really important that we know that his apartment is dark and cavey. Well. Or just dark. I mean, they pull up to the imperial palace oh that's right we get the and, whole thing uh, where... it's right across the street from caesar's palace and you know <laughs> i forgot we get that whole long hallway scene where Cornhorn is oppressed by the art yeah well it's he's like oh all of the colors here are very bright and garish mm-hmm. and so it's really annoying to me and the only pockets that are okay are the alcoves that have art pieces in them. That are done by local artists that aren't done to uh, like impress the emperor. Yeah, the it's like, oh, all the, the weird art pieces in here, he's like, oh, I like that. And it reminds me of my wife, who would always know like mm-hmm. who the artist was, what the approximate value of it was, like what type of styles they were using. Yeah, she was either cultured or an art fence. I forget which one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, he just is like, I hate all this color. It's dry, it's giving me eye pains. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like bright green and red and purple and yellow and ochre and gray <laughs> and russet. But yeah, but <laughs> and like blue. But it's the fucking Imperial Palace. A million people walk through there a day, and they seem to be getting through it just fine. What are they wearing blue blockers? Just get your shit together, Horn. Nah, he's he's in a terrible mental state yeah, where he's a, he's colors are sad. Yeah. His synesthesia is kicking in. Yeah. He's like, oh, this, this palace tastes weird. This green is sad. <laughs> uh, but eventually they make it to Luke's apartment. And Luke is like, no, I don't have any. Like, I have like four keepsakes on shelves. Mm-hmm. It's sort of dark and sparsely furnitured. Yeah. I just. He doesn't need stuff. He's yeah. he's a man of the spirit. He is a spiritual man. And. Last time Cornhorn saw him, he's like, oh, yeah, I saw him way long ago, and he was pretty badass back then, but this is post-Emperor Reborn bullshit, so now he's like an actual badass. Yeah, he's way up above the level. He's a full-grown master now, and apparently these two have had a run-in where Luke told Cornhorn uh, that he's got Jedi capabilities, that he is Force-sensitive. Yeah. So that's the the full extent of their their previous experience with each other. But, you know, he comes in and Luke's like, whoa, dude, your emotional energy is fucked up. He's like, hey, dude, your aura is all shitty. Yeah. Have some crystals. Also, hey, Wedge, how you doing? Hey, Wedge. W- wedge, my boy. What? My dude. My dude, my hey, Wedge. You, w- you want uh, something to drink? Huh? Yeah, I got, I got, uh, these are, he's setting up something that happened in the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy again, which is that Luke drinks not some space beverage, hot chocolate. Yeah. He just likes hot chocolate. He's got hot chocolate. He makes a cup of calf for Wedge, and he's like, well, I know it's nine in the morning, but I got some beers if you I, want, Cornhorn. I got you, lum, you, you lush. Act, you actual fucking drunk. And he's <laughs> like, nah, it's too early in the morning to drink. Plus, I wouldn't want to stop, because I'm a drunk. I'm a drunk. I've got some lum in here, you holiday drunk. <laughs> he has, like, basically the Star Wars equivalent of Blue Moon. <laughs> 
It's got that bottom shelf yellow can just labeled beer. <laughs> oh man, he's got I forget what he calls it, but it's like it's the blue oh, that's right. Meridian Moon that's Ale. Right. Yeah, he mentions he has like some sort of IPA or something, like a half of Eisen. He's like, I only keep a sixer in here for when Han shows up because he's going to want one. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, Wow, your aura is turbo screwed up. And then he just kind of spills the whole story to Luke. He's like, My my wife's gone missing. I had a force vision in my sleep where she was screaming for she, my help. Yeah, she said my name and then she screamed my name. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and lost memories. I immediately started progressively losing memories of her. And Luke's like, Whoop, okay, that last part triggers some issues. All right, well, that's that, some shit. That's some that's some bullshit. The, the, the first part could just be a standard anxiety dream, but memory loss is definitely like indicated indicative of someone with the force at some distance fucking with you yeah that's something has happened that is like force traumatic to you yes so i'm gonna try and dig around in your brain hole and uh i want you to sit there while i do it yeah and of course Cornhorn is the best at everything which means he's also the best at unconscious mental defenses so when luke's like all right i'm just gonna probe your brain with my jedi mind oh no your defenses are far too strong Cornhorn. <laughs> the walls of your mind are only rivaled for hardness by your dick <laughs> i don't know why you keep doing this that's not what the book is doing it's completely doing that <laughs> no one's gonna read this just go with me on it <laughs> Ah! Wink, wink. We can make up anything we want. Yep. No one's ever read I, Jedi before. Anyway, Luke, who is a purple rabbit, <laughs> uh, talks to Cornhorn, a blue felt Muppet, <laughs> who runs all, who does that Muppet run where like the bottom half of his body goes before the top half does. <laughs> <laughs> My wife. <laughs> yeah. She just waggles his little arms on sticks up and goes, <laughs> my wife gets mad by folding the top half of his face into the bottom half of his face. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Luke's like, all right, okay, that didn't work. I got bounced out of your head because you've got strong mental defenses. Um, you're probably just super on edge. Plus you do have force sensitivity. I get it. So instead I want wedge to tell you a joke. I'm going to, I'm going to, listen to the joke and i'm gonna get your brain and just sort of follow the pathways of you listening to the joke yeah he's like i want you to listen to uh wedge's voice and try to think about your relationship with wedge and like memories you've had with him and i'm just gonna try and piggyback onto that into your brain yes so wedge starts telling some joke about a bothan who walks into a tap cafe with a gaunt under his arm yeah um we, as we establish throughout later in this chapter gaunts are apparently like just space meat. They're just some, some kind of some kind of like spa- animal. Some kind of some kind of cosmic pig. A naked lady walks into a bar with a gaunt under one arm mm-hmm. and a sausage under the other. We don't get any further into the joke, but I like to assume it's that that three legged pig joke. I like to assume it's it's just the same joke from Breakfast Club, where you get through the entire joke setup and then he falls through the ceiling and you never get the punchline. <laughs> Maybe it's that uh, pirate doc joke where the joke is that there is no punchline. Eh? It could be one of those, but I like to assume it's you don't need a gaunt like that all at once is the joke. Ah. But but anyway, um, while he's doing like Luke dives into his mind and goes along with the rivers, listening to this shitty joke. And then he just sort of waits until one of Corin's memories of, of Wedge is a memory where where uh, Mirax is there, too. Yeah. And he's like, OK, cool. Now that we've connected Wedge and Mirax, I could go ahead and jump onto the Mirax train. Mm-hmm. I'll take the connecting flight, and then we'll go from here. And it turns out that that is a hot button problem in Corrin's brain right now because he screams, feels like someone plunged a dagger into his brain, and falls unconscious. He straight up has a seizure. Yes, because he is gripping onto the arms of the chair he was in hard enough to hurt his hands and his legs have locked up so hard around the legs of the chair that he has begun to break them. Mm-hmm. And when he wakes up, uh, eventually Wedge is looking at him like, damn, dude, what the fuck? Uh, he has bitten his lip hard enough to bleed. Yeah. And Luke's Luke- like, Luke's just like, damn, bro. Yeah. Luke comes over and does some like force soothing stuff to mm-hmm. like calm him down. And he's like, all right, here we go. All right. Loosen up. There we go. All right. So turns out, there's a big giant psychic pain center in the middle of your brain uh, that has open, to do with Mirax. Open gaping wound based on Mirax. Uh, so probably something happened uh, either with your force sensitivity, like doing a force feedback thing where you were so worried that you blew your own mind up, mm-hmm. 
or someone piggybacked onto her yelling at you. But basically right now your brain is trying to heal itself psychically by shutting off memories of Mirak so it doesn't die. Yeah. And he's like, well, okay, how does that help me find her? And Luke's like, I've got a great way to help you find her. Did you know that I'm about to start the Jedi Academy trilogy? <laughs> Did you know that I'm looking for students? Here's a pamphlet. Yeah. It's got a lot of smiling, multicultural people sitting on the steps of one of the places that I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell some of them have been photoshopped in. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, he's like, look, join my academy. I will train you to, to heal the contents of your brain. And then once you're way more force powerful than you are now, you can just follow the trail to Mirax and you'll, and you'll find her. It's the fastest, safest way for you to locate her. Yeah, he's like, there's, you know, this reminds me of... Some shit that happened to me back the in the original trilogy. Yeah, this is the Bespin shit. This is the time when when uh, Vader used Han and Leia as bait to draw me to Cloud City. Yeah, he's like, well, it's one of two things. It's either someone knows mm-hmm. that you are Force-sensitive and used Mirax as bait because they knew that she would try and reach out and you would psychically receive it. Yeah. Or they don't know that and you managed to get a psychic impression and the reason you can't feel her or tell she's anywhere is because she basically got shoved into cryostasis or put into carbonite, carbonite or yeah. whatever. But she's not dead. I would be able to tell if she was dead, and she's not. She's definitely not dead. But, so let's just go. Here, have some Jedi Deus Ex. Just, she's not dead. Well, no. I mean, it's because you know she's not dead. Yeah. It was like, Corin, you're, you know, force psychic connected yeah, to Yeah, he would have felt it if she died. Yeah. All you said was, you don't really feel her presence anymore, yeah. which means that she's just sort of on ice. And Horn's like, um, is there a way you could help me where I don't join a school and go to school? He's like, I want to find her now. And he's like, well, that would be dumb as fuck. Yeah. Because th- either it's a trap and you're going to make the same dumb mistake I did where I almost got myself killed by running headlong into it. Or she's fine and you're blowing her cover. Yeah. Or, you know, they took her, put her on ice somewhere. She's currently okay. But you have a leg up because they don't know you know. Mm-hmm. So if you go ahead and get through your training and then use that to find her, you'll show up and be a fucking badass Jedi and actually be able to save her. Yeah. So why don't you come take some Jedi class lessons with me? I'll be ready to start in several months after I find dozens of other students. And of course, they have the whole thing where it's like, oh, but, you know, won't it be distracting if me, Corn Horn, Hero of the Republic, Uh, and much older than probably, I assume you're getting a bunch of 12-year-olds instead of the, like, random hobo crow man you're going to get and the tribal leader of a volcano people. He thinks he's mostly finding younglings, which is not the case. He's mostly finding Force-sensitive adults. Yes. Because there hasn't been a youngling recruiting program, so... Everyone's either old or there are all kinds of ages. But yeah, Corin's constant assumption is oh, I'm going to be in a room full of 12 year olds and I'm going to be the hero of the beach. Yeah. So he's like, all right, uh, if I want to make it so that not only does that not disrupt things, but also I don't want whoever has my wife to know that I'm in Jedi training or else that might tip them off to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to have me Do a cover story in a different name. And good news, my grandfather was a mighty Corellian Corsac Jedi, and his name was pretty close to mine. Well, no. Luke knows this stuff. Luke, well, it's not his, it's a different person, same family, because his dad wasn't Kieran Halcyon, but was a Halcyon. Yeah, no, but he, no, I I thought it was that he was Kieran Halcyon's son, but they had to keep it a secret, so his- No, different Halcyon. Oh, it's a different Halcyon? Yeah, Kieran Halcyon is even older. Okay, all right. Because uh, he's like, yeah, there was a legend of Kieran Halcyon yeah. who went back generations and was a super badass Corellian Jedi. Yeah, but but Cornhorn's uh, Jedi is yet another Halcyon Jedi. Yes. Uh, because he's got his lightsaber. Yes, he has his grandfather's lightsaber. But not Kieran Halcyon, who's like a, 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 a Jedi of antiquity. Okay, great. Yeah. So he's like, well... Kieran Halcyon is pretty close to Corrin Horn. That way I won't have to be confused when people say a name, because Kieran is just like Corrin, and Halcyon is just like Horn. Well, I mean, he's mostly just like, as long as someone says, hey, Kieran, I'll be like, that's close enough to hey, Corrin. That's probably me. That's me. <laughs> so so he's going to adopt the title. I guess he thinks it's inconspicuous if he adopts the title of a legendary Jedi of the past. Yeah, I mean... I feel like that'd be... I know. They'll never find out it's me if I go by Darth Vader. (laughs) 
Yes, his his dad was or his grandfather is Neja Halcyon. Yeah, that's right, Neja. Okay. Um, but anyway, I figure after the whole Jedi purge thing and the Empire getting rid of all the Jedi records. We have that whole scene where Han's like, the, the Force is a hokey religion and not real. I guess they've successfully wiped the memory of Jedi from everywhere. Yeah, no one's going to be like, ah, yes, local hero. Luke is like, yeah, I found some hidden records about the uh, Corellian tradition, which is also why I want you to train. Yeah. Because the Corellian Jedi tradition should probably be kept alive. Yeah. That said, I feel like it's an unnecessary infosec breach to name him after some legendary Jedi that might arouse suspicion if the bad guys have some force sensitivity, which we are currently assuming they might. I'm just saying, don't pull well, a name. What does force sensitivity have pull- to do with a name? Why would you pull a name out of a history book when you could just be like, hey, if you have if you're confused that people might accidentally say something and you won't react to it, we'll just say your name is Corbin Horbin and you and you'll be fine. Your Corbin name, Horbin, you're jet you're a you're a nascent Jedi. Your name is Mr. Thompson. <laughs> it's stomp stomp. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's unnecessary. We've we've had this exact thing come up before in other episodes where people have pretended to be someone else. Eh. They always try to pretend to be someone like legendary and famous, and I'm like, why? It just draws attention. See, I know I in think, this case, it's an ancient mystery. Yeah, it's not like anyone's going, ah, yes, that's a thing I know. Yeah, but you never know. With the Right now, they don't know who the bad guys are. What if they're ancient Jedi historians? Then they'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Why would any? Why would that name show up again? Uh, it wouldn't. Someone's using a false name. I bet it's Corn Horn. It sounds a lot like it. That or they're like, oh, I know the Halcyon name was a line of Jedi's. Yeah. Perhaps the son of Neja Halcyon survived, which they don't know would be Corn Horn. So they'd be like, ooh, some new Halcyon showed up. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. I'm saying be- I'm going to bat for the dumb shit in this book. I'm saying it'd be 10% safer to just name him Corbin Horbin and let him be a Jedi that way. No way. With lightsaber Someone will be like, oh, so- Corbin Horbin went to Jedi Academy? <laughs> yeah, we know who that is. Uh, <laughs> it's close. It's, it doesn't need to be Corbin Horbin. It just needs to be close. <sighs> anyway, uh, he... At first, he's like, I do not want to join a Jedi Academy. I want to find my wife. But Luke and Wedge talk him into it. Yeah, they're like, look, I'm not going to tell you you have to do this. Obviously, think it over. Yeah. Figure out what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you it's probably going to be for the best that you actually do join this because then you'll have the tools you need to save your wife. Yes. Now, at this point... We are almost done with these initial chapters. Wedge is going to go off on his own separate way, and so they have a very brief conversation between the two of them where Corrin asks Wedge, hey, you know, I I appreciate you doing this for me and your help. Please don't tell Booster Tarek what I'm doing. Yeah. And he told Han the same thing. Don't talk to Booster about this. Because here's the thing. They're all trying to do a light hand right now, and like even Corrin, who's like, I'm ready to get an X-Wing and fly to the bad guys and blow them up, at least he's like, I'm willing to get in an X-Wing. Booster would haul the errant venture, his red Star Destroyer, to the problem if he knew there was a problem. Yeah. He's like, you know, apparently it's not in the best shape, but you pull up to the squad with a goddamn Star Destroyer and shit's going to get real, real fast. Yes. So we're keeping him out of the loop as much as possible, Wedge. Thank you. And then Corrin goes home. Indeed. Corrin goes home and he's like, oh, no, there are too many lights on. Someone's here, and I don't have my blaster or my grandfather's lightsaber. I better... Oh, no, it's just my droid. It's just Whistler. Uh, Whistler's his droid, and Whistler's just, like, like uh, calls him a, a shit kicker or something. And Well, Whistler's like, hey, hey, uh, I'm supposed to take care of you because you're a dumb asshole oh, who right. doesn't he's remember like, to eat. He's getting Here's food Here's a can ready. of beans. Apparently, Mirax put a subroutine into... Um, into Whistler at some point that was like, if I'm gone, feed my dumb husband. <laughs> my dumb husband, give him a bowl of bachelor chow yeah. so that he doesn't die. And it's, of course, because this book is leaning into the Star Warsiness of it all, it has to be a can of Gaunt and legumes. Yes. <laughs> Which lends to my, credence to my thought that Gaunts are basically pigs. Because eh. that means it's pork and beans. Hell yeah. Ain't no one ever buying beef and beans. No one's buying beef and beans. That's just chili. <laughs> no, it isn't. There's no beef and chili. Let's have a fight. There's no beef and chili? Yeah. The, you're, you're picking a weird tax. Chili you, is only beans. You, you've picked Let's an, fight now. <laughs> you have started from a hard position. Let's go. I so, wanna, I'm from anti-Texas, and I want to have a fight. 
Sun Tzu would describe your current position as dumb. <laughs> Sun Tzu would describe your current position as some bullshit for idiots. It's a battle over whether or not it has beans, not whether or not it is uniquely beans. It is uniquely beans. <laughs> beans and beans alone, Chili. <laughs> what else do you put in there? Bean juice. <laughs> Different flavor beans. Every flavor bean. Birdie Bots chili. <laughs> I make a chili out of Birdie Bots every flavor jelly bellies. And let me tell you, it kicks. <laughs> well, yeah. You never know if you're going to get like peppermint or earwax or what, black pepper or whatever. Vomit. I still am going to bat for the Birdie Bots black pepper jelly bean. That is a fucking good jelly bean. <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah, fair. Uh, so yeah, Whistler's here and Whistler's like, here is can of beans, you bachelor idiot. And, <laughs> Open this up and eat it from and, the can. And, and, uh, corn, corn's like, dude, I know my wife put this routine in you because she worries, but I know how to cook food. I am aware of how to eat. Yeah. I just don't want to and refuse to because I'm mad about the disappearance of my wife. And the robot's like, that is exactly why I am forcing you to eat these beans, these beans eat. These beans. <laughs> hey, these beans are here for you. <laughs> I'm Whistler. Eat these beans. <laughs> they put a speech program in me. <laughs> the Your accent shoes. points are all wrong. <laughs> Make you look like lesbian Frankenstein. <laughs> lesbian Frankenstein Frank wants, wants her, her shoes, shoes back. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, where, okay. Where, where were we? <laughs> so he's like, all right. I've spent most of my life uh, after the whole Corsac thing mm -hmm. with a message from my dad yeah. in Whistler, and I've had the passcode to open it up, and I just haven't because at first, uh, you know, I was hanging on to the memory of my father and like, oh, the last gift was that he trusted me with this and he, and I wanted to hang on to that, and then of course. All of the many adventures that I went on happened, and so I just sort of never got around to doing it. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, now's the time. I want dadly advice on whether or not I should be a Jedi. And luckily, the advice is about whether or not he should be a Jedi. Well, yeah, what he was, great luck. I mean, he was like, I'm pretty sure the advice was going to be, hey, dude, you should probably train as a Jedi, because yeah. he had just told me before this happened, hey, you're... Your grandpa is actually a Jedi, not the grandpa you thought you knew. Mm -hmm. That's your step-grandpa. <laughs> While well, she turns it on, it's just like, son, don't invest in space railroads. It's a scam. I'm going to tell you real quick about NFTs. Bullshit. Never do it. <laughs> son, this is a great place for me to leave my large library of racist jokes. <laughs> I couldn't tell them to you in life because every time I looked both ways to see if anyone was around who would be offended, there always was. There was always someone around there. One of those, you know, gorns. Both bothans. <laughs> One of those bothans holding a gorn, which leads me into my first joke. <laughs> uh, two Twi'leks. It's just like, oh, I, 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 shut uh, it up, nope, shut nope, it up. Nope. Uh, erase, erase. <laughs> ah, yes, you've entered a category of erase. Beginning oh. now, Deveronian jokes. <laughs> So the Pope's a Deveronian, and walk and a Duro walks up to him, and he's just like, "Nope, okay, thank okay, you, okay, skip, 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 skip." <laughs> Son, I want you to consider me undies. <laughs> there's, there's big dead ass. Now that we're in the middle of our <laughs> joke library, I'd like to tell you about a different kind of library for men: a man box. <laughs> consider more recordings like this from Audible.com. <laughs> How many baked in ads is it? He's dead. I mean, my favorite in the actual message, my favorite thing is that his father really sticks the knife in in the conversation because he's like, son, right now you're sitting with me on a couch looking at how young I used to look and it's great. And I've got a beer and I'm happy and alive. No, he's like, that might I'm, be what's happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I'm dead. Either way. I just like that he prevents that as one of the two options. He's like, yeah, either I'm alive. And the thing I thought was going to happen didn't, and we're both just laughing about how stupid we were to make this recording. Mm -hmm. Or I'm very dead, and I, that's sorry. Yeah. So anyway, here's the thing I need to tell you. Uh, your grandfather isn't your grandfather. Your grandfather was your grandfather's best friend, and uh, that's because your grandfather, real one, was a Jedi. He was the last person in the Halcyon line. Yeah, they fought... 
in the Clone Wars, uh, you and Grandpa Horn, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, as soon as the, like, Halcyon got murdered, then uh, Horn here took yeah. the family in. Rostec, I think. Yeah, Rostec yeah. Horn. Rostec Horn took took on the family name to protect you because you're the actual son of well, uh, protect me. Protect him. Yeah. Protect me and and you because we're the actual children of Jedi and we would have fallen to the purges. Yeah, so he took the me, young me in when, you know, Najah Halcyon died and then used his position in the military to help purge more records of Halcyon. Mm -hmm. So, you know, turns out you're uh, you're you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, basically, he's like, look, if anyone can be a Corsac officer and a Jedi, it's you. I you believe have the in lineage you, of two lines within you, the Horn and Halcyon lines. Yep, you can be both. You can be a cop and a space cop. <laughs> oh, ew, double ew. <laughs> Do not want. Uh, and uh, don't forget to let your wife have a job if she wants one. It's it's cute. <laughs> it's ah, adorable. Keeps her busy. Jesus, Dad. <laughs> So anyway, two huts. <laughs> Make sure she's got a roast ready when you get home, though. Yeah, she's not in the room right now, is she? Okay, good. So these two huts. <laughs> this one's going to get real graphic. <laughs> they walk into a talent agency. <laughs> <laughs> we got a show for you. And the talent agency is like, hey, I deny that the thing you're doing is walking. <laughs> <laughs> I've got robot legs. <laughs> There is a, a hut who who has robot legs. He's like a Luke early Luke foe. He, yeah, he, yeah. It's like a giant hut on giant spider legs. Hell yeah! Uh, I forget his There's name. There's nothing better than a big fat blob on spider legs. Yeah, just ask Mojo. That's Mojo's uh, territory, baby. So, uh, but he's yes, like, he's like, okay, okay, Dad, you can train if you want to. That's your legacy. Don't feel you have to. I'm not going to force you into it. But know that you come from a long line of both. You know, Corsac people and Jedi. So either way you want to go, I couldn't be more proud of you. You're my son and I love you. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, check this out. So there's this hot <laughs> Twi'lek. <laughs> These two Twi'leks and a Zeltron. <laughs> they go into an Ugnot cave. Now bear with me. <laughs> I'm going to need to get my dick out for this part. <laughs> This is both an audio and visual presentation. <laughs> Guys, I think I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets, he hangs up and, you know, his son's like, okay, okay, dad. And then he goes and roots around in his, like a hidden compartment of his bed or something and pulls out his grandfather's mighty lightsaber. Yes. A silver, silver one. White. Yeah. You yeah. fucking... <laughs> precious little boy uh, it used to be super exciting but now that's Ahsoka Tano's color for sabers as well she has two white ones Meh. and now he, he he's got the silver white one because he's like I don't have to choose sides I exist in the between space <laughs> yeah but yeah he's like all right I guess I'll fucking join the Jedi so I'll take Luke's advice and like grow out a beard mm -hmm. and dye my hair and so look that more like look... Charles Dance. Yeah. And we cut to basically him mid-unfucking himself up several weeks later mm -hmm. uh, at his old Corsac partner Ayala's house. Yep. And she's like, ah, good. Now your hair looks like white instead of green. Apparently he fucked up the dye job. We established that the dye me mechanic here is he takes like a hormonal supplement. Yeah, you're supposed to take a hormone supplement and put a gel on the hair spot that you want it to work mm -hmm. and concentrate on it and then get it to whatever color you want it to be. But instead of doing that, he was like, oh, I took the supplement and then just started trying to slather my whole body in the gel instead of doing it one section at a time. So it I, ended up being that I was several shades of different colors of green. He was all kinds of green for a while. He had green hair all over. It he went had a like, beard that was the color of his eyes. Yeah, he went dark to light green. So, like, yeah. the top of his head was super dark green, and then by the time it got to his feet, it was just, like, a light mint green. Yeah, which he didn't want to be green at all. He wanted to be, like, like blonde is what he was shooting for. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't just use those bags of color crawlers that we established already as Star Wars uh, art or hair dye continuity. Well, I mean, let's... I mean, that is two years from this point. Yeah. Maybe those were invented later. Later on, the uh, color crawlers would be 
much more popular. Yeah. Well, especially because you don't have to take a hormone supplement and think about colors. No, that's that, a lot, very convoluted way to dye your hair. Well, I mean, I think this way is the more permanent way because the mm. color crawlers, I think, just sort of put color onto wherever they go. Whereas this is like, oh, no, your hair is going to grow as that color for months. He mentioned so you don't need to not, worry about your roots. Yeah, he won't need to re-up the cycle for a year, they say. Yeah. You'll have the same color hair for the next year. And I'm like, you could have just shaved your head. No. Nah. It would have been fine. Just but then your-, your hair would come in whatever color. Plus, just, he wants to have a beard just, to he, hide he's his gonna face. He's going to have a beard. Yeah, that's true. So, so there he is. And he's already trying on that new name, Kieran Halcyon. Yeah. And, and his partner Ayella is here, and she's making fun of him for having green hair for a while. He's like, why didn't you just follow the directions on the box? And he's like, I did. She's like, Except yeah. I didn't. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I meant follow them on the box correctly. I meant actually I do what it I says. Think she says is like, why didn't you read the directions? He's like, I did. And she's like, okay, why didn't you put the directions into practice? <laughs> <laughs> like, I appreciate you read them, and then you did something else. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good gentle ribbing between friends it's a back and forth to help people who may not have read the 16 previous cornhorn books establish that this ayala lady is his trusted partner from back in his corsac days yes and he's like all right well you know before i go and they're carrying a- off to like get into the jedi academy yeah uh, let's let's have some dinner or whatever yeah the two of them are discussing where to go have dinner and they they discuss it was like well there's a both in place and both were like nah but there's a Twi'lek place, and, and he was like, ooh, Twi'lek. I like Twi'lek food. That's so exotic. And, I mean, she's literally, like, oh, they've doing- got, they, I hear they do an amazing thing with Minoc. And he's like, well, they'd have to do something pretty special for me to eat Minoc. <laughs> That's disgusting. The thing that amazed me here is we get, like, that that white guy tourism shit where they're like, you can tell it's a good restaurant because it's mostly Twi'leks in here. Oh, well, the great thing is, it's also Cornhorn being very much a piece of shit. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I went to an authentic Chinese restaurant, and I realized that none of the food that's authentic Chinese is American Chinese, so I decided to get the one thing closest to it on the menu, and the waiter was like, okay. (laughs) All right, white guy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He's having a big old tourist moment. But yeah, the two of them are like, let's have a conversation over dinner. Let's go down to this Twi'lek place that's within walking distance of your house. So they go there, and she orders the fancy Minoc, and he orders roast gaunt, because we haven't gotten enough gaunt mentions out of yeah, our system. Gaunt in we're, gravy. We're really driving home the gaunt stuff right now. Gaunt! And then he's like, even talking about how Wedge told a gaunt joke earlier, and Ayala's like, I've heard every oh, gaunt joke. Oh, what, the joke. Bothan and the gaunt one? He's yeah. like, oh, did you talk to Wedge? He's like, no, I've... That a Bothan and a gaunt is like 50 different jokes. And I've heard all of them. <laughs> There's the one where a Bothan walks in with a gaunt on his shoulder, and the 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 bartender's like, "How'd you get that ugly ass thing?" And the 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 gaunt says, uh, "I don't know, it just grew, grew there, grew there, yeah." <laughs> you know, all the jokes, all of them. Yeah, one of them walks in with a gaunt in a box, playing a tiny piano. <laughs> <laughs> you think I asked for a twelve inch gaunt? Gaunt. <laughs> Because I obviously did. Nothing else sounds like Gorn. Well, you got to be fluent in both and to understand the joke. But uh, yeah. So anyway, the two of them have their food. And sure enough, the Minoc dish comes out for Ayala and it's perfect. And the waiter's very approving. She's like, ooh, you made a right choice. I culturally approve of you. You're an honorary Twi'lek. <laughs> And the gort comes out in a rich brown bubbly gravy. It's clearly just Salisbury steak. Yeah. Someone just (laughs) heated up a hungry man TV dinner, slopped it into a bowl and went, here you go, whitey. (laughs) (laughs) It comes with French fries, potatoes, bread and rice for some reason. Oh, and chips. White guy. Here you go. This is this is the white guy special. You looked at the menu, realized you didn't know any of these things and went, Ooh, burger. (laughs) (laughs) There's a section on the menu called gringos. (laughs) Oh, it has everything I like. (laughs) What do you know? (sighs) Man. Uh, So he he gets his gaunt, which is disgusting. Like he's trying to eat it and it's just tough tough. and nasty. He's trying to force it down. And this is a point where Ayala calls him out. She's like, look at you. You're already force. You're already treating yourself like you think the Jedi Academy will treat you. He's like, this food might be better than it will be at the Jedi Academy. And I'm like, what leads you to that belief? Yeah. What part He's, of Jedi training do you think is bad food? Do you think it's boot camp? Yes. I mean, essentially, yeah. He's like, I I'm basically envisioning 
corsac training is what he yeah. tells her. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to show up there and it's going to be full of young virile studs and they're all going to be fucking cut and lean. They're cum gutters hanging out. <laughs> it's just with that V, bro. And I don't have that V anymore. I'm old. Look, I'm like fucking 40. I don't have the V. What can I say? And she's like, okay, I... First of all, it's if they found children, they'll likely be around 12 or something. And also, it's not boot camp. It's Jedi camp. It's going to be like 12 weirdos meditating in a circle. Yeah. She's like, your whole, your problem is you are always too competitive. Yes. Like that. God bless you. You're a good officer, but it's only because you're too competitive to let someone beat you. Yeah. And so right now. You're just training before training starts because you want to be better than everyone. And you've imagined what you think your training will be in a way that it definitely won't. Yeah, you you have been torturing yourself for two weeks for no reason. You don't need to be the best Jedi at Jedi Academy. You just need to be one of them. Yeah, you just need to learn what you need to learn in order to save your wife. And he's like, fuck you, I'm the best. I'm going to be the best. I'm the best of the best. I'm going to eat this fucking roast gaunt. Even though it tastes like shit. She's like, do you want to buy it of the Minoc? He's like, no, mm. I made my bed and I'm laying in it. Yeah, she's like, you're the fucking worst. God damn it, Corrin Horn. <laughs> And even the Twi'lek who, who brings him the, the Gaunt is like, here you go, stupid. Hey, you uh, want disapproving to... twitch of the Lekus. <laughs> you, want, you want a dessert? And he's like, yes. And I'll let her decide what we get, because right. obviously I'm a dumbass. Yeah, I like that part where she comes up and she's like, mm, yes. And I see you. one of you has touched your delicious meal and the other one has not touched their Salisbury steak. Uh, would you like a confection to close out the meal? And then, he, yeah, he's like, yes, let her choose. <laughs> yeah, I'm clearly very stupid. Please allow my partner here to choose. And she's like, I don't know. You only have four options. I guess I'll take the brownie with ice cream. <laughs> Get the New York cheesecake. <laughs> Do you have anything that's not one of these base hats? Also, what's in New York? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where chocolate comes from. <laughs> yes, we serve it hot. Planet New York, com- covered in chocolate. Ah, Planet New York, right in, over here in Vegas. <laughs> so... So yeah, uh, that, and that's close of the chapters, is her being the one who gets to pick the dessert as he gets ready to jet off to that academy. I assume that few-week break is the chance for Luke to fly off and re- uh, recruit Gantoris and Strain. Yeah, I assume the two-week period where he grows the uh, the beard here is basically the, and now the events of that trilogy happens, mm-hmm. and then I can come back. It's got to be, yeah, the first book I think ends with Luke having the, the the academy up and starting because that trilogy goes some places after the book that we read oh yeah well i'm like the it ended with fucking them like kip duran and han like finding out about a new i think they were flying Death star yeah, inside they were, the they the were holes. flying out of the maw as luke and and uh and i think lando were flying away from the the military installation that, that uh, more duel and and they kind of like oh my god it's the falcon oh my god it's it's Luke and in, in, in Lando and then like a bunch of star destroyers popped up behind them and started fighting with Morath Duel's army and that was where it ended yeah so <laughs> that shit happens yeah whatever happens there happens and then I guess Cornhorn doesn't remark upon that so it's not knowledge that people have maybe, I would assume maybe not it might be knowledge in a couple of weeks but not right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, plus he's too busy about his wife to think about that kind of shit. My beard. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, by the time we get to the actual Jedi Academy chapters in here, I assume we'll get Gantora, Streen, Kip, Dorskady one, just that list of people or the, 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 the first round of Jedi students. Hooray. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hey, that's the end of the episode. That is. Oh, I was I was gonna stop talking, but I see you 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 want to do the uh, you want to do the part where we talk. Would about... You want you want to do the part where we keep talking? Yeah, you want to do the uh, you want to do the commercial? Yeah, you want to tell people that they can go to Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery and mm-hmm. get yet more content. Because yeah. even though we're done here, mm-hmm. we're never done making content. No, we're gonna make content all day long until until we we're in hell. This, <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. This is hell. You yeah. know, we're on the island from Lost, and I, this is hell. I tell you, I mean, I actually really love what we do, and I love making all this content. We're not in hell, we're in heaven. But that that said, there was a point yesterday... But that where, said, we are on the island from Lost. <laughs> we are on the island from Lost. <laughs> but yesterday, John and I were talking about setting up part of one of our rooms to be a streaming section to do video game streaming. And I was just like, do we make not enough content yet? Do we need to make more content? <laughs> do we need to fork over more of our life for this? And I was like... <laughs> Yes, I th- but honestly, I don't even think you want to monetarily. It's just you want to have fun playing video games. Yeah, I'm like, well, 
okay, let me say this. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of video games the past uh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I did a very deep dive into Banners of Ruin, played the whole thing, got every Chivo, beat every challenge mode, basically finished playing that game. Yeah. And I was like, you know, while I was doing this, if I was just streaming, that would be a fun thing for like other people if they wanted to join in like i wouldn't have to be like all right and now here's my monetary stream and every time someone gives me 10 bits a fucking cgi pig comes out and farts dollars or something <laughs> like i don't need to do that yeah no i i, I would also uh, just just for fun just something because two of us tend to play video games together anyway might as well put it out there and let people laugh yeah my experience has been anytime people find us in the wild just hanging out together they're always like jesus christ it's like the show never actually stops <laughs> are, you, are you ever not on <laughs> no no <laughs> this is just who we are but anyway patreon.com slash system at the two dollar level will unlock the star wars content where we go to wikipedia we find fun stories about star wars we tell them to each other and to you that's right We'll be doing that. You can join us there. It'll be a good time. And, of course, you can leave us uh, ratings, reviews, wherever you're listening to this. Make sure other people find us. It's good times. Help us out. It's great. It's great help. Let people know that we're doing Star Wars stuff and then be like, it's great and love it. And, and if you want us to stream listen. video games, let us know. Yeah. Because I'll need the encouragement for me to buy you, the crap I would need to do you, to do that. You want me to play, I don't know, Super Star Wars on the SNES? <laughs> Just not Too beat bad. that Tatooine level. <laughs> Just sit there Game's slamming my hard. face into a fucking sandworm. That game is some bullshit. That game has like zero respawn timer d wait, delay. You can stand there shooting a womp rat, and as you're shooting at the next womp rat from the exact same spot, just comes hopping up. Ugh. Sometimes you just got to fucking run in that game. Sometimes you yeah. just got to run. Anyway, if sometimes you I'm born to run. So, so if you want to hear us, wa watch us stream shit, because I, I don't know, you like us, then let us know, and maybe we'll do that. Maybe. And until such time as we do that or make another episode of this, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I'm glad Jeff knows my name now. 